I will not stand for this. You I will be the king in this my this. castle. King, king, Some king. king. And whilst not even I have my command in this castle, instead, well, I choose the moon, to teach I choose thee a lesson. And there Thus, I choose on your honeymoon night, you will sleep in there without me until I say otherwise. Understand it? Fine. He thinks there's something familiar about that. Hi, how are you? Woo! Excited. <laughs> we are on page two of the man who cried wife right now. <laughs> oh my! This is awesome. I'm getting a little like behind the scenes sneak peek here. You are. You are. I'm behind the curtain. <laughs> exactly. It's scary back here. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. You're, you can pull the ropes. So this is how the hamburger gets made. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. It's like seeing the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. It is. There's two Wizards of Oz here. <laughs> yeah, Wizards. <laughs> well, everybody, this is our new co-producer, Bob. Now, am I saying your last name right? Shu? Uh, it's Sue. Sue. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I have the opposite problem of my friends who have like super multisyllabic long last names. Like I have some friends who are Polish and they have like these like six syllable last names. So those are difficult to pronounce sometimes. And then I have the <laughs> opposite yet similar situation where it's just three letters and that's still difficult to pronounce. So. Yeah, right. And my last name, S-A-A-R-I. People always have trouble with that, too. Because we say Sari, but a lot of people say Sari. And it's Finnish, actually. Yeah. And people are always wondering where that's from. And so last names I, are hard. With yeah. my name, some people say Shivel. You know what? I just realized that. We all have, like, fairly uncommon last names. Yeah. They're not Smith or Jones. No. Or like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I like it. It adds more mystery, I believe, to this team. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And well, good thing your first name is easy, Bob. Thank it's God. It's the easiest. It's the easiest. <laughs> yeah. It really is. I think all of our first names are fairly easy. Yeah. Yes, I think yeah. so. Yeah. So at least we have that going for us, like a party in the front, business in the back. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. A nice yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our new co-producer, Bob Sue. Yes. Right. So welcome, Bob. Um. So yeah, we thought we'd have Bob on for a quick ha 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 interview <laughs> shauna when are you gonna learn that we don't do anything quick <laughs> no um, and get to know bob and his moonlighting story shall we say so i'm gonna let bob talk okay let's see this is like a pepperidge farms commercial um i'll have to go back into the olden days um as a uh, elder gen xer i can happily say that i fell in love with moonlighting age appropriately at least that I feel that I was, which was uh, as a teenager looking for a great television show to watch while doing homework back in the mid 80s. And so I was one of those nerdy kids who, I guess millions of us really, who grew up watching very distinct American cultural entertainment. So I loved the Three Stooges. Mm -hmm. I loved all the madcap zany comedies from the 40s and 50s. Of course, you know, um, I grew up watching The Last Picture Show. So, of course, had a uh, amazing, but obviously probably very common crush on actress Sybil Shepard. Mm -hmm. And 
who doesn't love good television mysteries of the week? You know, you're watching Columbo, you're watching Policewoman, you're watching Charlie's Angels. And so when this new show debuted in the mid 80s called Moonlighting, it was like the holy grail of everything I enjoy about television. It's got amazing acting. It has a mystery of the week, which is a great way to sort of be the guiding system that carries the characters along. And it has the most amazing writing, just completely breaking all these barriers, like every episode practically. And it had great comedy and the music selection was amazing. And I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, up to then, most shows, they, I don't want to say television producers talk down to their audience, but they really wrote shows that cruised along at a good 30 miles an hour. It's not too fast, but breezy and, you know, it, it's steady in traffic. But when Moonlighting came on, you had to blink sometimes because you're like, what just happened? The dialogue was so fast for its time. And I guess still is really to this day. And I was one of those few people who it's like, I need to watch a rerun of that because I missed half the jokes because I was just too busy being blown away by whatever's happening in that moment on the screen. And so it had this amazing veteran actress in Sybil Shepherd, amazing actor in Sybil Shepherd. But then it had this like newcomer upstart, Bruce Willis, who he sort of embodied, I think that sort of cultural trope that sort of came of age maybe in the 80s of the, um, the sort of kind of laid back, too cool for his own good, uh, kind of messy, anti-heroic kind of characters that like Michael Keaton would play or Tom Hanks would play, you know, and then Bruce Willis kind of did his own take on it being David Addison. But his character is absolutely landmark. I couldn't believe a male lead protagonist could behave this way on a television show and get away with it week after week. And it was mind blowing. And then having Sybil Shepherd playing Maddie, where she had to sort of be the straight person, but still, you know, kind of riff on the comedic dynamic between the two. It was the best show. It was like the best show I'd ever seen on television. And easily one of the best shows today still. So how has it stuck with you over the years? Because we all watched lots of great TV in the 80s. And but over the years, did you go away from it for a while and come back to it? Have you revisited it over the years? Or how has it stuck with you? You know, that's a really good point. This one's an interesting scenario, because we live in a world now where there's so many streaming options and so many um, media options and different ways of obtaining and enjoying and recollecting and rewatching shows from the very beginnings of television history. I mean, you know, you can buy the entire I Love Lucy library of every season of that show. And that, that show has been on for decades and decades. But the weird, strange thing about Moonlighting, of course, is because of all of this, I think mostly legal wrangling, it could never really be re-aired for a very long time and still isn't streamable anywhere. Obviously, we all know that as hardcore Moonlighting fans and the podcast listeners and that sort of organically made the show slip away from front of mind since the 80s. I mean, through the 90s, you know, I'm busy watching whatever was popular through the 90s and, of course, the aughts and now. But it's a hard show to sort of keep a grip on because it vanished. It became vaporware, essentially, for a very long time. But luckily, what is it, 15 years ago, they finally, Lionsgate released some DVDs for a very short time. I got a hold of those as soon as I saw those existed. And that's where my love for Moonlighting kind of came back into focus for me was, oh my gosh, the show is finally available on DVD. And I snatched those up real quickly and 
just kind of regain my beloved appreciation of moonlighting. How did you hear about the podcast? Um, thankfully, thank goodness. I was, as many people who are on Twitter, I was following my usual uh, favorite people to follow. And one of them is Glenn Gordon Karen. Okay. And he had made a great announcement. What, uh, it's been, what, two months now? Three months? Yeah. October, right? And uh, it was like the best news. It was like, hey, it's something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing here loosely, but hey, Moonlighting fans, if you've been anxiously waiting streaming news, I'm in cahoots with Disney and something might happen very soon. And that was like the best news. It's like hearing that your most favorite amusement park that long closed down is going to reopen and in its glory, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best news ever. And then was it you, Shauna, who had replied to my post saying, hey, check out this podcast. Yes. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the best reply <laughs> ever for a Moonlighting fan. And so I checked out the podcast and immediately fell in love with Moonlighting the podcast because, you know, I dabbled in podcasting at its early nascent arrival, the whole technology of podcasting. Again, this is about 15 years ago, I think, roughly. And so I dabbled in podcasts and had a pop culture show and that really didn't flower. But I've always been a fan and listener of podcasts. They're great. It's just a great concept. And now that I know that there's a Moonlighting podcast, which is great to hear because it's kind of like suddenly running into people, someone somewhere in a pub, let's say, and saying, oh, I love Moonlighting. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. And you can finally sit down and say, oh, my gosh, I know somebody who loves this show as well. And it's this great listening experience and community experience where every week, Shauna and Grace go episode by episode and really doing a great job of presenting the show and editorializing about the show and, and having opinions about the show and just having a great time talking about the show. And it's like just sitting there and it feels like you're just hanging out with some great friends while we're talking about Moonlighting. And it's just a great experience. Yeah, it's kind of the next evolution of DVDs to podcasting, bringing it into the 21st century. Finally. Moving it forward. And then, yes, hopefully, if you're listening to this three years from now, hopefully it's streaming by now on Hulu or Disney+. Plus. Yes. But, I mean, eventually when it will be streaming, the great thing about the podcast is uh, we'll have this whole body of work out there that when, you know, a new generation finds it on Hulu or Disney+, Plus, they'll come looking for the podcast. And so I think it just continues the evolution of the show, keeping it alive since the 80s. So, And then you decided to reach out to us with a beautiful design. I did. I had to. It's not very common for me to be that proactively forward with podcast shows. I mean, I, I love quite a few of them and I adore them. The hosts of these shows work hard. They do an amazing job. But that said, you two, again, similarly do an amazing job producing your podcast. And both of you are so um, just you love this show as much as I do. And uh, many of us Moonlighting fans do. And it shows it. you can hear it in your conversations. And and the effort and production value you put into each episode. And I thought, this is an amazing podcast. And I felt like I wanted to take that next step in the, the community experience of it by saying, well, I do graphic design. I do art direction. I have experience doing marketing and communications. I would love to just contribute to the show in the little ways that I can. And, and of course, those ways would be like, you know, visual design and marketing design and communication design. So I'd reached out to you and Grace. And you two are just lovely human beings and allowed me that opportunity to collaborate with you and, and be part of the team. It's been exciting. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, 
Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Bob sent us the sample of um, a new updated logo at that time. And Grace and I were like, it's so beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Long story short, we invited, well, we, I guess, yeah, we all just kind of decided it was a good fit if we all worked as a team because Bob really fills a hole with the design element that we were really lacking. So welcome aboard, Bob. We are very happy to have you here with us. I'm so excited to be here. And I have a moonlighting question for you. I mean, obviously, Grace and I are two women, and a lot of people that I talk to about moonlighting are women. So from a male perspective, it's nice to have you here just for, you know, even the male perspective of everything. Um, What was the draw to the show? Like, was it something about Addison? Was it your love for Sybil Shepherd, the writing? Or was it just a fun show? Or from a male's perspective, what does the show, I guess, offer that you really loved about it because there's a lot of reasons we all love it, but any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And I really like that you're interested in a different perspective about that. And in, in this case regarding like, let's say like a gender dynamic, for example. Right. So as a teenage boy growing up in the eighties, we all look towards pop culture as a way of reflecting back some of our own social mores and our aspirations and, and things like that. And Of course, I'm recollecting back through a teenage point of view, obviously. So as a grown-up now, things have, of course, matured and evolved and have been more nuanced. But as a teenage boy watching Moonlighting, I thought like, man, you know, David Addison is just like super, he's like really cool. He's actually really good at his job when he gets serious, but he's also like super fun. He can be incredibly silly. Um... You know, he's not like this, like, sort of two-dimensional stereotype hero. He's actually, like, really messy and complex, right? And I thought that was such an interesting way to sort of have a male protagonist uh, hero character on the show. And then the way that he and Maddie interacted with each other, it really did a great job of sort of showing a television show that could be both a drama and a comedy. So, you know, in one scene, it's just madcap farce. And then the next scene, it's like, really deadly serious and i just love watching this show every week where you can have two protagonists in this case a male and a female character right a man and a woman and they have this like push-pull dynamic because you're realizing like oh they're falling in love but then also at the same time they both have lots of wounded history complex history a lot of different dynamics that keep them apart and That dynamic for me, I mean, there are other shows, of course, that probably worked on those dynamics as well, but not the way that this show did, where it was so, at times, exaggerated, but at the same time, very down to earth and kind of grounded and and real at the same time. 
it was just really neat watching a show that made me feel such cognitive dissonance in terms of how a guy can behave, both good, bad, and ugly, but then also heroically at times as well. I just love the dynamic the two characters had. They had just great chemistry. I think Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd had real, honest to goodness, like actual palpable chemistry as two actors, and that showed in their characters. Yeah, I agree. And such great writing, bringing in the complexities of the characters and their romance story, their love story, because it is different and it is complex. And you're right. They each bring in their own past wounds. You know, that's all relatable. It's It's so relatable. A fairy tale, you know. Do you have a favorite season or episode or a couple of favorite episodes that you can? Yes. Um, I'm <laughs> even throughout this afternoon anticipating uh, getting a chance to chat and gab with you and Grace. I'm on my tippy toes for season three. Season three is it's the best. I mean, it is just absolutely some of the best television I've ever seen in my entire life. As a teenager, it blew my mind. And as an adult now, even watching it now, it's like, this is amazing television. I mean, season one is groundbreaking. Season two cranks it up a notch where it's like they're flying at cruising altitude. But season three, it's like they're doing loop-de-loops and barrel rolls. And it's just like the best season. So yeah, season three. Yeah, we were just saying when we recorded The Sun Also Rises that it stepped up. The quality of the show for season three has increased. Obviously, they were throwing more money at them. And the show always wanted quality. And if a scene wasn't right, Jay Daniel often says if it wasn't right, they'd reshoot it. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of shows would do that. And you can really tell the quality, not only in the locations, the scenes, but Sybil's outfits, so many different aspects of it and the plots. And season three is just hilarious. It's so good. So I agree with you there. I'm on tippy toes too, Bob. There are a lot of shows that have great season threes, but yes, Moonlighting season three is like best of all time, really. It really is. I mean, if the show never gained any more production value or quality in any way beyond season one, I would still be watching the show. And then season two just blows my mind when Mm -hmm. I rewatch that season. And then, of course, listening to you both talk about season two last season, it makes me appreciate the production value so much. But season three, it's like, Finding treasure inside treasure. It's just such an amazing season. I can't believe it. And I feel like thinking about the show now where a lot of people were frustrated. I'm sure the, the internal production themselves are frustrated because they weren't able to develop enough episodes per season, which was common back then, which was, you know, like 30 episodes or whatever it was. But I think this show is that great uh, example of quality versus quantity. And it's sort of presaged how so many shows now, like on streaming services, are smaller number of episodes, but higher in quality and production value per episode. Mm-hmm. And I would much rather watch a dozen episodes of Moonlighting at its highest quality than 30 episodes of a kind of a, you know, a mediocre show. And that's why I always think it's amazing they actually did 15 episodes this year. Amazing. That's huge when you think about it. I know that yes. I think the standard is 22 or something. And that's why David says in one of the episodes, 22 episodes a year is impossible. <laughs> Not at this quality no, level. So the 15 episodes that were done, we're extremely happy with. Seriously. I, some episodes of Moonlighting is like watching a movie. The quality is so high. They were like making a movie each week. Each week it, a movie. Exactly. Five days. Mm. And I, yeah, I give them so much credit for taking the time to make it great and make it right mm-hmm. and not 
and to deadlines and money, you know, expectations and things like that. And season three, I think they've kind of given car blanche, you know, so that's why it definitely shows. So you're right, Shauna. This is one of those rare cases I feel where that carte blanche is validated and rewarded because the results are so good. Yes, absolutely. It holds up. And it's not surprising that they had some great guest stars. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous people. And there was a lot of actors that wanted to be on Moonlighting because it would get them that exposure. Yes. And the the music. Oh every episode is packed with one hit after the other. It's amazing. They could use anything they wanted to, and anybody would come on, use any song. It was at the top of its game in like so many different ways. It's one of those rare cases where I wonder, though she already is well deserving of her immense talents, but how many more Americans fell in love with Anita Baker, for example, after that episode? Mm. Yep. It was a top song that year. Just like Stranger Things. I think we talked about it before. Stranger Things played a Kate Bush song, which became number one now. But just recently, what's that? The uh, zombie apocalypse show? The Last of Us. Last of Us. Thank you. Last of Us used a song recently. Do you know, Bob, did you (laughs) watch it? I was absolutely over the moon when the premiere episode played Depeche Mode's Never Let Me Down Again, I believe. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they played Linda Ronstadt. It was a Linda Ronstadt song that went to number one. So, you know, when Moonline streaming, it'll do the same thing. It did it then for, for people in the 80s, and it'll do it now again. All these solid gold oldies, and they'll That's be right. popular. I can't wait to see all these Gen Zers rocking out to Good Love. Is that the song? That's in the uh, Atomic Shakespeare <laughs> Atomic. episode? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Such a great song. Yeah, so much great music. And I just love, you know, as we're going through these episodes, too, just how the music relates to, I mean, they were, it was, they were really picked with care. Everything was done with care. Grace and I have been talking about how the cases reflect what's going on with Maddie and David. The songs reflect what's going on in the episode. There's just so many things that that tie the episode together with such care, you know, in detail. Exactly. If I can humbly paraphrase what you and Grace have said throughout your podcast series, Glenn was and is a genius. Yes. No doubt. Thank you, Glenn Karen. Yeah. Yeah. You can always just uh, have me back and we can always discuss more because it's an absolute delight to, to chat with you both. Thank you so much, Bob. We just want to introduce Bob and welcome him to the team as our new co-producer, designer, and helping us get the word out about the podcast. And Yeah, so I really appreciate you coming forward, Bob, and offering your services because, yeah, you're right, there's a lot of work that goes into a podcast. And if you can use your expertise, that's just so much help to us. It's great. This is great. I can delegate stuff now. This is awesome. That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm absolutely delighted and excited. And I love being part of this team. I love this podcast series. And it's like, I'm always excited when the next episode drops. So thank you both for producing and hosting an amazing podcast series. And thank you for the designs you've done so far for us, which are just amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. And more to come, more fun stuff to come. Thanks for coming on and letting us introduce you to everybody. My pleasure. We'll talk soon. All right. Absolutely. Take care. Well, until next time. I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. Thank Thank you you for for listening listening to to Moonlighting the Podcast. Imagine the 
softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.